Gentlemen, let us bless. Blessed are you, Adonai God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and has commanded us to gross ourselves in the words of Torah. Please, Adonai God, sweeten the words of Torah in our mouth and the mouth of the people, the family of Israel. May we and our offspring and the offspring of your people, the house of Israel, all, the house of Israel, all of us, know your name and study your Torah for its own sake. Blessed you, Adonai God, who teaches Torah's people, Israel. Blessed are you, Adonai God, King of the universe, who has selected us from all the peoples and gave us his Torah. Bless you, Adonai, giver of Torah. Amen. <laughs> so tonight um, we're discussing three the thirty-nine. I've lovingly entitled it "Rhyming Our Way Through the Thirty-Nine Bell Code" because we're discussing tying and tying and dying, which happened to rhyme and lying, uh, not lying. And so um, and we're not referring to dying as in death. Dying as in like changing oh, the color. Oh, like oh, well, I just wanted to make like sure we were we so on that. I was coming for the death thing. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> <laughs> so um, put the guns away. Yeah, we don't need any of that. We, we can all lower weapons. So, um, just real quick, uh, source leads for this were a lot of online ones, Wikipedia, Chabad.org, place like that, and of course, Tractate Shabbat. Babylon. I only got my hands with Babylonian Talmud, so you know, hold, don't hold me accountable for that. That's all you need. That's right. All right. So, so, it's such a sorry, it's it's such a so we're gonna hit time Super first. The key word here is. Um, Hebrew speakers help me out here. Koshar. I think it's Koshar time. Um, and it's derived from when you're building the Mishkan. Um, they had people go out, make nets, catch fish to make the blue dye to dip the tequila in. Uh, Personally, I always thought it was a snail. I did too. But um, a lot of, I found a lot of sources for catching the fish and almost not the snail. So I'm willing to go with rabbis in this one. So that's where it's derived from because they would tie knots to untie and tie the nets to catch uh. the fish. There goes the Blue smell juice. No, there goes the band name. Blue fish it still juice. works. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to hit this from two perspectives. None of this um, is really based in any one of the Torah. It's you know, derived from the 39 mil code. But I, I'm going to talk about two understandings in, in every case here. We're going to do, do literal, which is what the rabbis think is the bare minimum, and more what's rabbinic, whereas the defenses that they put around it to make sure you didn't transgress the primary. Rudgula. So, literal here, any knot that is both professional and meant to be permanent, basically, if you're tying a knot for a net to catch fish, you're tying a knot on a sail to secure a sail, you're affixing a live, your livestock to a pole to keep from running away, a knot for a creative purpose, that kind of thing. Literal understanding. No. If I may, I do. Please, does it. Not to be a naysay. Uh-huh. Um, but if I'm tying my, uh, my goat to a Mm-hmm. Happens often. <laughs> Every Friday <laughs> afternoon. Um, For optimistic definitions of good. There, there's, that would not be permanent, right? Very temporary. I mean, that would be a temporary thing. I'm just going to tie him to the post while I go in to get a beer, come back out, get back on the goat, and ride home. Yes, which is why we're going to get into different the, the different types of knots. Okay. You have but a large goat. Great. You're kind of you to say. What a nice goat you have. To put another facet on, on your example, um, on Shabbat, you shouldn't be you know doing anything with the livestock because all your livestock should be put away. Exactly correct. I, I, that's why I said Friday afternoon. Okay. 
So, but <sighs> you're correct. We're, there are different. Kind, there are two different kinds of knots that we're going to cover. So, it's probably gonna be stop interrupting. Are you really going to get as good? <laughs> <laughs> In milk. <laughs> so that's literally <laughs> drink the blood. <laughs> so more of any um, any knot that is either professional or creative that's meant to last more than 24 hours or accidentally lasts more than 24 hours. So basically, if you tie a knot on Shabbat and it lasts longer than the period of Shabbat, then the rabbis believe you're transgressing this particular hmm. command. What if your intention was not to have it last 24 hours? I'm going to get into that in like two slides. Go to the next slide. Okay, <laughs> so two kinds of knots. The first is uh, Kashar Man, or the craftsman's knot. I don't know if that's what it literally says, but you, you guys can tell me that, but um, that's the translation that I've shown sure, in my res- research. No. Sounds good. The journeyman's knot. So this is defined as a knot that will never loosen or become untied by itself. So basically, we're talking Eagle Scout knot. <laughs> <laughs> those uh, Navy guys. Yeah, those Navy guys. So these are the kinds of things you're going to secure a tent with. You're going to secure you know, a mat, uh, a sail with. You're going to secure um, nets with. Things that are not meant to become undone easily or by themselves. Um, and so that's that's that, that kind of knot. We'll go to the next one. Um, this is Keshar Shell Kayama permanent knot. This translation I saw, but I think it's kind of a oxymoron because it actually means a type of knot that can become undone um, by itself. So craftsman knot cannot be undone by itself. Permanent knot can be undone. Yes. So I think they missed a little bit on the translation here. But, you know, be that as may. So this is where we get into intentions when you're tying your knots. So here is if you intend to tie the knot and it's supposed to remain permanent, but it's not supposed to, it's not a durable knot. So let's say you tie a slip knot and it's not a very durable knot. It can come undone. You can pull it in the right way. Um, but your intention is it to remain permanent. That's the kind of knot we're talking about here. <clears throat> so practical example here. If you tie your shoes together, I tie my shoes together on Shabbat, and you had no intention of untying them, even though they're made to become untied. You, this is this is the kind of knot that this is a catcher shell I am. Your shoestrings are meant to become untied, but you tied them with no intention of untying them okay. before Shabbat. Before Shabbat ended. Therefore, so, that's prohibited. You have to intend. You have well, not only intend, but you actually have to okay. do it. So I thought this was interesting. I think we've seen this in other uh, metal posts. The rabbis seem to place a lot of his infinite infinite emphasis oh, on intentions. intentions married with action. So mm-hmm. here, if you intend to untie your shoes, but you never actually do it, it's as if you never intended to do it. Mm-hmm. And this, by the same token, um, if, if no, forget that. So okay. basically, what I think, even if we don't agree, this is the right kind of knot. We need to be. We can still tie this kind of knot. Even if we disagree with Robert there, we can still learn the moral application here, which is good intentions are good, but they mean nothing if you don't actually do it. Mm-hmm. So true. That's that not. Can we go into the can we go back to that one? Like a mm-hmm. so confused. Okay. I can tie my shoes. let's say it's just I wake up Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. I can tie my shoes and I'm not that's not supposed to come undone as long as I intend to have that knot come undone before Shabbos ends. Almost and end. if you follow through by remembering to untie it. Okay, so, so if I'm like, but sun if you, sets and I'm... But if you're tying a bow on your shoes, like most guys do, that's a knot that is designed to come out. And, that, and that's, that's the whole idea. Yeah. You can't if tie you tie it in a double knot, 
What, you, what are you doing? What was wrong but with that this statement? Be fine as long as Only that is permanent. If you attend to and you do, so right before I hop down, I need to make sure I pull some strings. That's right. If you tied a permanent knot, mm-hmm. yeah. If I double knot in my shoes, right. I think it doesn't matter if it's a permanent knot. No, no. Or not. So no. we're, we're, we're confusing what a permanent knot yeah, is. We're confusing what a permanent knot is. So permanent knot is something that's not going to become untied by itself. It's not designed to become untied easily. But it still is designed to become untied. Right. No, yeah. it's not. Every it's every tied. knot that's tied can be untied. Right. But as but like to, the like, craft there's a difference between yeah. like tying a knot to keep a ship's rigging in place versus I, I tying a double knot on my tennis shoe so it doesn't come undone by or itself. Or a double Windsor. Right. Right. So, craft is mm. not here. Permanent knot here. If you tie a knot, if you tie this type of knot in Shabbat, you cannot tie this type of knot. A type of knot that is not meant to become undone easily or with bipolar string. So tying your shoelaces does not count as a craftsman knot. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a double knot. So I could not do a craftsman knot on my shoe, even if I intended to undo it yes. and follow through with that action. That is correct. Uh, okay. Right. All right. Yeah, so, so Gregory, can, can we see you? What kind of knot did you tie your shoes with? Oh, slip-ons. Uh, okay, oh. you can step. Why is that slip-ons? So <laughs> They're not slip-ons. Velcro. <laughs> love that Velcro. Ask Pete. Like so, so if, if everyone wants to take a look at Colby's shoes right quick. bro? All right, so Colby's got slick socks. He's got... I'm kind of So I can pull this string. <laughs> and it becomes undone. Uh, so that would be the definition of a Kesher shell semi-permanent knot. Right, right, right. So, so even a single tied knot on your shoe would count as a Kesher shell clam. Okay. Hmm. Generally, I thought the one I was going to say is like clothing is meant to be come off on a regular basis. Yes. But yeah, if you if you're tying down a tent peg. You're tying down something that you're not. It, the purpose of this knot is to keep it there and as long as the tent is there, right? Right. Then, then that's that's uh, the, the craftsman. So you now you wore a tie right. tonight. God bless you, by the way. You look great. So if you wear a tie on Shabbos morning, you get up and, and tie your tie. You're doing the half Windsor, the whole Windsor, you know, whatever it may be. Right. You do that. You're tying a knot, but we know it's a permanent knot, not a craftsman's knot. Yes, it's a. And your intention is that you're going to remove it because you never sleep in your tie, from what I'm told. So, are you? Are we saying he's got to take his tie off before Havdal? Yes, mm-hmm. that's what the rabbis are saying. But I thought we're closing. Wait. What's the so, question? So, tying knot, as long as it's not meant to become undone, is fine. So long as you untie it before Shabbat ends. That that's that's the conclusion. So you have to untie your shoes at some time during Shabbat. You have that, to that's, the, that's the conclusion. If you tied them before, on Shabbat, on Shabbat. Now, if you tied them before Shabbat, you don't have to untie it. Question though. So the I think the slide before that was saying it was a time lapse. The one before that, yeah, twenty four hours, and yes. that's your professionally meant to last for more than. Uh, Never mind. But now we're in the professional zone. Yeah, never mind. Well, well, now, no, now no, I, no. I want you to know that I do tie my ties professionally. <laughs> 24 hour, the 24-hour timeline would then be longer than Shabbat if you're tying it Saturday morning, correct? Or is that, am I misunderstanding? So um, maybe I could have been more clear in my wording. However, um, the research I did gave me to believe if you tie, if I tie this tie Shabbat morning, I have to untie it before Shabbat ends. Yeah. That's that's if what you, tie it before, you have, I want you to know you've seriously disappointed John. 
Because well, he's wearing his tie through Abdallah now, into the party. Now, I, I'm, I'm just this, this part of... Wait, what did you say? I, I, I've never heard that before. This, this is this is this is what um, began the tradition of you know loosening your collar like right Frank before Sinatra. Abdallah. You know, let's now, kick back a little this bit. This part of, of, wine. of this particular note is offense. Crap, yeah, rabbis. Yeah. It's not what is given to understand. This is the literal. Because the literal was the permanent profession of the professional not. Literal is a craftsman. Which as long as obviously you anything on your clothing yeah. is probably not that because you're not intending for it to be there forever. Exactly. So. This, according to literal understanding, is not even covered. This, this doesn't count because it's made to become undone. So the fence is simply making sure we don't accidentally, accidentally right. do something we shouldn't. So what did you just say? You can you can leave it on and off as long as you want, uh, from a literal understanding of what the, the fence. Goes. So the fence is where we're dealing the with. Fence is what we're talking. About. Yeah, really. Well, I guess technically it's the sort of the. So Jonathan's yeah. okay, playing the guitar after Havdalah, still looking groovy with the title. Yes. If you're, you okay it all depends that? on how strict you're keeping. Okay, what, what is he going to understand? So let's do this. Why don't you recap? I'll back up okay. to the craftsman's knot, right? Okay. I'm tying. Okay, I'll I'll re. So you can recap for Jonathan's dad, who's going to have to hold him accountable to this whole tying thing next year. <laughs> okay, so That's we're talking I'm about thinking. tying, and basically we're getting that from um, tying nets on Shabbat. They're catching fish to make the Pellet dye, that's what it's coming from. Porpoise skins, you know, you know, all that. So, um, the rabbis talk about two kinds of knots. The first they call a Kesher Oman, craftsman's knot. This is any kind of knot made to um, last permanently or not become undone by itself. Yeah. Sails, netting, uh, tent securing, things like that. So, this kind of thing is. How did we get here? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were moving through that. This knot. Is um, according to the literal understanding of this particular melachot, you do not tie on Shabbat and you do not untie on Shabbat. Okay. Literal understanding. Next one. Well, oh, okay. Quick, quick question. Yes, right. Uh, with the craftsman knot, that's how they constructed the tabernacle, right? They, they use, yes. So they, that makes sense in light of that because uh, it says in the Torah that they weren't to uh, construct it on the Shabbat. So, yes. That makes sense. Right. Next. Next kind of knot they talked about was the Kesher Shel Kayama. They called it a permanent knot, but it's really a semi-permanent knot. This is a kind of knot, kind of like a tie or shoelaces. It's meant to be durable, but it's meant to come undone. And this is more of a fence from the rabbis. Basically, if you tie it on Shabbat morning, you can have it, and it's fine, but you must untie it before the end of Shabbat. That's the fence. That's the fence. To avoid... So you have to, you basically have to, if you tie and untie it, on Shabbat, it's, you're basically saying it's not a permanent. Exactly, it's not a permanent. So right before you walked in the door, we get two questions. You get dressed Shabbat morning to go to shul, you put on your shoes, and you tie, as Kobe's got his shoes tied right now with the nice little rabbit ear bows, you know. And Jonathan cinches up, the winds are not on the tie, looking very swanky. According to this, according to the the fence, if I understand correctly, he's got to take his shoes off or at least untie them, and he's got to undo that knot on his tie before Abdallah. Yes. If we want to live by the fence. If we're going by the fence. I'm feeling good about this. Is what he said, like, you can take the shoes off or 
You had tying the tie before Abdallah? You don't need to. It depends on how strict you're keeping it. Well, I mean, I, for example, I, I was at the rabbi's house again this, this weekend. Yeah. There was like two other rabbis there. They all wore ties. Yeah. No, you know, Nobody untied their ties. No one untied their ties. No one undid their shoelaces. And, because and, they put them on the... And normally they're kind of, you know, and if it was something pretty big, they, they would have mentioned it. Yeah. So, mm. potentially putting it on in the morning, I guess. Shabbat I mean, morning. No, that was just an observation I had. Yeah. I, you I, were with uh, them through Havdalah? I was with them, yeah, the whole I, I spent the night. I spent the night from Havdalah. Uh, so, so I'm good. 24. This, this, yeah, so, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is just. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, 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 we're we know. We know. You're okay. Yeah. I like your rabbi's post. That's slip bones. Journal X and loafers, baby. Yeah. All right, so. <laughs> we've essentially covered this already, but. Nope. But. Oh, overview. A lot of, um, um, you know, you can't tie permanent knot and. Un- and untie it on Shabbat. So, for example, your seat, those are permanent knots. You cannot untie them on Shabbat. Knots like that. But yeah, it's okay to put them on. Or untie them. Can't tie or untie. Yes, but, exactly. But it's okay to put it on and, yeah. and it sits down the loose guy, right? Some. Well, it, actually it, says, it actually says in the sitter for me to do that. To what? Even on I don't know about Shabbat, but it says no, every because morning. because that actually comes up every morning a different when I get up. that covers that one. That well, one hang, has hang to on do with uh, Every morning when I get up, blow. the sitter says, I put on my Talika And you tighten them. And I check the knots. Yeah. And so, it sits down the last one if it's come loose. So that, I'm not I'm not tying it. It's already tied. Yeah, you're just tightening. I'm just tightening the knot. Some, some rabbis um, uh, in my research said that you're not allowed to tighten a knot, and they use this exact example. You cannot t- not tighten your seat and okay. it become loose on Shabbat. So I need to do that Friday morning, and unless I'm really a waste product with the knots, it ought to be good until at least Sunday. Right. Yes. Yeah. I, from what I've done, I, I, I can't remember which malachat was right now. Maybe it was finishing or the something like that. Right, yeah. um, you're not allowed. To, you're not supposed to be, you know, recinching your seat on Shabbat. That was one specific example. To me. It's already tied, but yeah. it is cinching it up. But that's a different one. That's a different commandment. Yes. Or a different mouth code. So, okay. that's we, we've covered the fence. Okay. <laughs> we've, we've hurdled the fence. So, um, and then, of course, literally, um, it is only forbidden if it's tied and it's supposed to last, and you untie, and you and, and you, you, you tied it not on Shabbat that it's supposed to last that long. So, I think we've... Good on time? Yeah, we're, we're good. good. We're right. untie. Mm-hmm. Tell me how untie. we untie the... the, the Even we're here is Matir. Matir? Matir. Essentially, the act of untying... To make free. Was it? It means to make free. To make free. So, essentially, the act of untying a craftsman knot or untying a semi-permanent knot that existed prior to Shabbat. So, any knot you can tie, you can untie. Exactly. And any tie you are not allowed to tie, you cannot untie. Makes sense. It's very it's simple. This part is converse. So whichever you're, whichever you're adhering to, if you're adhering to the fence, you must adhere to the fence not only in time but also in untie. Wait, wait, wait! That raises an important question. What do you do about Friday night? If I got my shoes tied and I go over to someone's house, how do I get them off? <laughs> you slip them off. It's not a. It's not a. Uh, you you just untie it. Yeah. No, but it was tied prior to Shabbat beginning. Yes, but he's, if, if I tied it on this Shabbat is, morning, this is talking about not tied on Shabbat, not right. existing before Shabbat. No, no, no. Unless no. you're talking about a, a 
permanent knot. It's the permanent knot I think we're getting hung up on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm talking about the permanent knot. So, okay, you, I'll let you continue. Okay, so to, to clear up the deconstruct the cell on the ship. So, your ZC, let's say you had a problem with your ZC, you needed to, you put too many loops in the last, you know. Yeah, one. I hate it when that happens. I hate it when that happens. You're Sephardi when you meant to be Ashkenazi. So, <laughs> what, what you do is, Shabbat, you realize it's Friday night. In Shabbat morning, you go to untie the last knot and do that. That's no, you can't do that because the last knot is meant to be permanent and you're never supposed to untie it. You know, this should never happen, okay? So in that case, we would be transgressing on time because we are never meant to untie that knot. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay? I've tied my shoelaces right. Friday afternoon. Right. I enter into the Shabbat's, Shabbat with the Uphams, so I'm at their house until the wee hours of the morning. Right. I come home, I need to take my shoes off. I'm not wearing my boots that have a zipper, so... You know, I, I have to take them off, and they're really tight. This is a semi-permanent knot. I can untie this at this point. And, and, and during Shabbat. And during Shabbat, yes. During uh, Shabbat, I can untie this knot because it is meant to become untied. Um, did you have to make, given the intent, the fact that you made the intention, I guess it, it doesn't matter if you make the intention. If you're doing it, you made the intention. Exactly. Okay. And, and intentions, when it comes to this method, I think all of them, and they only matter if you actually act on them. Gotcha. Are we good on tying and untying? Mm -hmm. Okay, because now we're going to get to the really big one, which is dying. Oh, I'm sorry. Before we get there, cool story, bro. I was reading the. Um, I was reading Tractate Shabbat, and it, this had some really cool stuff in it. And a lot of it wasn't really applicable because we're talking about securing the camels and the posts and what kind of posts you can use, and what kind of rope, what kind of knot. You know, I don't have a camel, so not that applicable, but there is this really cool story that I, I just wanted to read. It's really short. Um, I thought it was really cool. So, um, Rav uh, Yermiyahu was walking behind Rav Abuha on unclaimed ground, and the band of his sandal having been torn off, he asked the Rav what to do. Rav Abuha told him to take damp seaweeds, which an animal can eat, and which therefore may be handled on Shabbat, clearly, and to tie a sandal. Secure sandal that way. Okay. Seaweed? Um, I think it was weeds, actually. Like, like weed? prairie grass or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. All right. Um, next. Um, <laughs> Wait, that was last <laughs> week. Hang on. The answer is because said what an animal would eat. Well, an animal would eat it, so you're not harvesting it for the sake of you eating it. It's not harvesting. Oh, yeah, sure. It's a so head wouldn't count. Yeah, so oh, it would be some other kind of dead, some weed, some kind of weed. So uh, Abaya stood before Rav Yosef in private ground, and the band of one of his sandals becoming Torah, he asked Rav Yosef what to do. Said Rav Yosef, leave, leave your sandal here and walk without it. <laughs> asked Rav Abaya, wherein does my case differ from that of Rav Yermiyahu? Um, answered Rav Yosef, Rav Yermiyahu's sandal was torn off in unclaimed ground, where had he left it, it would have been lost. Yours is in my yard and we'll be safe. <laughs> oh, yours is in my yard. But he wasn't going to. Uh, Abaya, you know, he didn't stop there. He's, he's, so he says, But my sandal is a perfect vessel, for I can put it on my other foot and it will not fall off. Why should I not be permitted to handle it? Rav Yosef answered and says, Because we learned elsewhere in regard to removal that Rav Yonatan interpreted an oral tradition that accordance with. Rabbi Yehuda, who says that if a band of a sandal was torn off, the sandal cannot be regarded as a vessel, we must therefore assume that the ordinance according to Rabbi Yehuda prevails. Wow. wow. I thought that was super cool. 
So now those are two in my yard, then I'll return it to you. Leave the shoe. Exactly. I thought it was really cool. It's a really cool story. I don't really, I'm not really clear on that oral tradition. I guess if something becomes broken. Well, it has to do with carrying, I think, at that point. Because then it's no longer an object, it's a piece of clothing. Mm-hmm. It becomes an object that you're carrying with you, and that changes the definition of what it is. Okay. Gun, take so it's no longer that's another Melita we're covering later. Take the so I just thought that was a really, really cool story. Um, and, that's, that, and, and there's like, you know, there's pages and pages of that just on tying and untying in uh, track spots. So, really cool. so can we can we just digress for just a minute and talk about the weeds? Absolutely. So that's got the weed. Before it was ham. Can you? Pete's probably like a dime bag here in there. Can you pull the weeds? Can I pull the weeds? Yeah. I didn't. I didn't didn't think you could pull the weeds. Maybe it. But maybe you could pull the weeds if you weren't intending to. You know, you're not harvesting them. Perhaps the weeds were just set aside. For yeah, it could have been like, yeah. Well, now we're talking dried up stuff. Yeah. Not gonna as long as shit. you weren't intending to make the plant grow beside it, you could probably pull the weeds. Well, but no, but like if it's a... Okay. Well, so, but yeah, but if you have, if you have, like he's saying, if you've got like uh, yeah. vegetables, <laughs> like our vegetables, <laughs> weeds or whatever yeah. else, I get, laid I get out that. Yeah, he was clear about that last week or two weeks ago. If I'm cleaning up the garden and pulling the weeds to clean the garden, Clearly, fed Bolton. I got that. So, in this story, in this story, <laughs> papers are not in order. In this story, the only way that um, the, the raw was allowed to secure his foot, his sandals to his foot, is because he was walking in a place where his shoe would become lost and he would never see it again. Right. So apparently, the life of the shoe was higher than the life of the plant. So well, there are there are there there are like. Um, Relaxations, if you will, like on some of the fences, if there is a material loss at sure. stake. I mean, we got to be good stewards. I get that. I was just wondering about the weed. Um, and if I can pull the weed life is higher than to use it, I get it. Because mm-hmm. I, I knew you couldn't pull it in the garden. I mean, that's. Don't take the roots yeah. out. Okay. I will take the roots out. What is, does it say you can pull Wait, it? Well, you can't I cut it, that, right? I don't know. Because we don't cut on you. I really think it's very possible this was like straw set out. It's already laying on top of the grass for the animals. Straw, 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 straw is But that's the work. point. It doesn't have to like, it could have been freshly for longer than 24 hours. Straw. What? It could have been freshly picked. It said uh, freshly damp, damp seaweed, so maybe you're walking the beach. Yeah, it's yeah, it's seaweed. seaweed. Not yet that's out. floating, right? Yeah, it's seaweed. You just took it out. It's still pretty strong. I just want moist. purple. You must have used the dumb suit. It is fine. What's wrong with you? Noob. You must be a Gentile. Okay. All right. I, I appreciate the, the diversion. Anyone else okay. understand the word? Are we good? So we're that, good. Tying on tying. No, we're all distracted. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Sorry. About that. All right. So that uh, practical application. So let's just get let's just let's just cover a few things that I think you know people like y'all's wives and future my wife might ask. Okay. So. Let's do that. You can tie a temporary knot on a head covering, necktie, shoelace, so long as you untie before your body is. Good to okay. Twist ties, cable ties, and wire, things you not you actually secure together but are not used for knots, or you don't use knots for, are points of discussion because the point here is you're tightening with no knot versus tightening with a knot. So as I said earlier, you cannot tighten the seat because it's a knot. Right, right. But wire and twist ties aren't, don't have knots. So the rabbis aren't really sure where they fall in there. There's no real conclusion. So it's okay if I kidnap you and tie your hands together? 
As long as they don't use screen, they use switch like knives. Duct tape. Or cable ties. Duct tape or switch knives. Duct tape. And then you would probably be needing to go on the South Bay journey to escape my family. So then there's one other commandment called don't kidnap, which... Oh, I'm like selling. If I just plan on keeping in the basement to have a good conversation, that's it. Ooh, you're a stickler. Gosh, you have to go a lot more than the South Bay journey to escape, you know. That's right, that's right. Jason, like Iowa. don't commit suicide, and Sean would probably jump out of a plane or something. That would have been a suicide. Alright, so um, it is also permitted to wrap a string around an object and tuck in the ends, even if it is meant to remain permanently. So I think this could, by the inference, also cover things like tape. Ooh. So it's not a knife, <laughs> it's, it's not a knot. But, but you, you can't tear. You can't tear. So as long as you left the duct tape hanging there. Right. I, I, always, I always keep strips of duct tape on the top of the bathroom wall just in hanging. case you need to hang it. So what would what, what this support? Like, what is something that you would have a string hanging from? So if you had drapes like these, and yeah. you just took um, you just took a piece of like a rope and you wrapped it around and like so yeah, the drape drape tied here. Yeah. And it just was hanging there. It wasn't actually tied. Then you could. So if you have some sort of hook here that you loop the rope through and it's not tied, sure, no okay. knot. Like your but I don't know why you'd ever do this, but that's something that was mentioned. Okay, yeah. no, but that would that does make sense. Like if you've got a um, if you've got blinds or something that that you have to like wrap okay. up, like on, on like a hook or something, then that's and they don't have like a lock. Yeah. Some of the old ones don't. Mm. Then that would be an example of, of what's happening. It has a cleat. Okay. Yeah, that would be a good example. Um. Figure it. And I already said this, but if an existing knot becomes loose, you cannot tighten it, i.e. zigzag. So every, everybody's really going to be checking their zizi Friday mornings now. I mean, this is just... Like a, should be checking that every day. Well, I know, but I'm talking a Friday morning, you know, you don't want to come up and look like a noob on That's Shabbat. True. You know, you walk up to uh, read the Torah uh, and, and look, you didn't check them yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, boy. Malacha number 10 alert. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, this is the last point. Only applicable <laughs> for permanent locks. Yes. yes. So, CC, yeah. uh, you're never meant to untie them. Right. Whereas, if your shoelace starts coming untied, you can retie them. Okay, now, so that's understood. If, like, rigging, you secure, you know, the the, the sail in the, you know, fully extended like position. <coughs> exactly. But you need to go down to the not as fully extended position. So you, those knots, those knots are meant to become untied, but they're not meant to become easily untied. So that still counts as a craftsman knot. So for those of us who are you know, going to shul on a sailboat, need to be this would be, that. I think this would be most relevant during, like, Sukkot, depending on how your sukkah is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Good point. Good point. Yeah. 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 Okay, so that's He's tying the tying. Uh, next, we're going to get into dying. D-Y-E-I-N-G. All the other words, I and E, just coexist together. In Not summer. after C or Y or neighbor <laughs> play. So, the Hebrew word here is Zobah. Zobah. Um, where we get this is the dye rule that was used for the curtains of the Mishkan. The primary provision here is against dyeing materials, but it is extended by some rabbis to include skin. We are going to cover makeup. Oh boy. So we'll get yeah, there. Let's just get to the Listen rest up, of Pete. Oh man. <laughs> that, that is important. Now, um, around his beard. Little Johnny Depp oh, eyeliner. <laughs> yes. okay. Nothing wrong with that. All right. Let's smash one. So <laughs> we have again two, two, two versions: literal, more rabbinic offense. 
don't know why I put the fence first this time and, and the second last we, time. We like it more. We can tell. Inconsistency, yeah, But according to the fence, <laughs> it is forbidden uh, by most, not all, but most, to prepare liquid to dye or to dye or paint her materials on Shabbat. I don't know why I have that liquid. Just pretend that's it's not there. I meant to take that out. So basically, you can't prepare dye and you can't dye materials such as wood, metal, clothing, things like that on Shabbat. Does that mean you can't like strays? Yes. Can you dye water? <laughs> you can't. You can't. Okay. With yes. Only if you're not going to dye something else with it. So if you're pre right. preparing a dye, you can't do that. Can you unintentionally spill ketchup on your shirt? Yes. <laughs> Why would? Well, you can't. You can't unintentionally do something. <laughs> So like, here's an example. Um, in an effort to avoid even the appearance of making a dye, one example is like, let's say you've got coffee concentrate. I think the tradition is to put the coffee in the cup first and then add water, rather than adding the coffee to the water. So there, there, there's a lot of, there's actually more disagreement. And then you'd be cleaning. But is that not allowed? Because I'm talking, in deep weeds if it's not. It's we're talking about right. the water, you know, you just put it in cold water. What? Really? That Did you say that? Are you allowed to dip? That's a dip. Yeah, you talked about dipping is next week. No, you were the one who said this. Hold on. Call me Strat or Brock or something. Sorry, man. Good. All right. So, all right. To answer your question, you can dye food in liquid to consume. That's okay. Gravy. Gravy, tea. As far as this milk is concerned, so, so the now making tea, yeah, you know, it's required, different, different milica. Is the yeah. definition we're using of dye changing the color? Yes, that's it. That's it. So, so what about like I, some some Gatorade, powdered Gatorade? That's that's, that's perfectly fine. Because I'm not intending <laughs> to use it to dye something else. Yes. As far, as long as it's food or food or, or liquid you're intending to consume, it's fine. Now, they didn't really go into why that's okay that versus other things, but that's Well, generally speaking, um, with all of the melicot, things that involve eating, not necessarily preparing food, but actually eating the food, um, they tend to be much more relaxed on. So, like, for example, you can add salt to a food that's not seasoned, even though, even though the salt it may not be the same temperature as the food. So right. it would be like cooking, if you go back to Greg's lesson. Um, that does not really count with that case because you're seasoning the food you're going to eat. So there's, like... There's ways that are like that are like given like leniencies when it comes to actually eating. Okay. So that would be the same. I guess the same thing here with yeah. dying. So food, water, liquid. You can mix red and white wine. They actually specifically say that. So huh. you're you're good. Yeah. Well, if you had a glass of white wine and you poured red wine into it, like you glass, you which I never listen. So Arnold Palmer's are are good. Arnold, yeah. Arnold Palmer's are good. So, so dying and painting is no good, but undying is okay. No. So like. Spraying the wine away is undying my white shirt. I think in that case we're dealing with the issue of cleaning. Yeah, that's more cleaning. That's yeah. not what if I have no intention to wash it? That's not this milk. My intention is not to wash it on Shabbat, just to rid it of a stain that would not come out otherwise. To be a good steward. you washed it anyway. But I don't know. Now we're getting into shirt life versus... I think in that one... I know in that one you're allowed to... suffering Like... Depends if you do it in our yard. The issue does have to, with that one. I think the issue has to do with like removing the stain. Well, let's, let's like, wait until we, somebody does wash. I did yeah. washing. Yeah. Oh, he did. That's right. Cold water. Cold water. That's what you just put it in. That's what you just said. That's what you said. That's okay. Dad, don't listen to the class. This is my class. We're talking about dying. We're not talking about washing. 
If you want to know about that, you can go review it. We, we did this one already. Exactly. So, right. moving forward. Now, the only time food slash liquid is prohibited as far as dying goes is if you, for example, you sell liquor for a living and you're selling it on a Sunday and you decide to put some dye in it Saturday to make it more marketable. Right. That's prohibited. Yeah. Or are you okay. selling on Shabbat as well? No, no, no. no. You're not selling on Shabbat. You're preparing to sell the next day. You can't do that. Right. For but multiple reasons. But yeah, as far that's as, wrong on so many levels. As far as, as far as dying goes, you can't do that. There's no classified bad as far as dying. Now, obviously, it brings you up. Who dies their moonshine? Your bourbon looks rather pale, I'd say. Alright, Kiss your bride. I know none of us here wear makeup. That's a really bold assumption. Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe it's a wrong assumption, but we're in the company of men. I decided to make that assumption. Uh, but a lot of us are married. Some of us desire to be married. So this uh, is something, you know, potentially our wives can ask us about. Exactly. So you know, we need to be the you know, we need to be righteous men and be prepared with an answer. Here we go. So makeup. I'm going to try to be as clear as I can because it gets a little squirrely. Um, so we, we're going to have two camps here. All right? We're going to go for the, we're going to talk about the first camp first. Okay. Good. Really good. First camp. Um, anything that is adhered to your face like a paint, and this, we're talking about, I had to, we're talking about another melacha, which is smoothing. I just have to mention it. And I'm just covering it, just mentioning. So if anything that's applied to smoothing, prohibited. Can't do that. So like eyeshadow, Anything with a brush that you're just like, you know, smoothing your face with, not not okay. Okay, still 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 camp one. Anything that changes the natural color of your face to a completely different color, you know, dark mascara, eyeliner, blush, foundation, things like that, um, wait, is wait, wait, permitted. What's the difference between completely different color and non similar? I'm, 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 I'm so I don't have blue eyes. Yeah, <laughs> Or black rings around your eyes. Or exactly. a cat eye. Yeah. I guess I meant like a more fuller cheek. So your cheeks, right. you can just see your profile. Okay, you're a little red. But if you're of a more pale complexion. I only blush when you got near me. Alright, so if you're of a more pale complexion, obviously your skin isn't you know as red as yours is at this moment. <laughs> Do I need to worry about saying romantic things and making my no. other blush? Yes. No. All right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like an elder <laughs> brother. <laughs> no. All right. So I'm talking about, right? Camp numero uno. I'm only talking about makeup that actually changes right. the natural color of your skin. Okay? If the, We're talking about the other camp in just a second, so you're a little ahead of me. Minus one for anticipation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but let's so, those two. Yeah. Camp one, no smoothing, no color that's going to completely change any aspect of your skin. So if it's going to turn your lips brown, turn your eyes red, you know, things like that, not okay. No good. Okay. I like that last one. <laughs> okay. But you said that, hang on, I'm confused. I'm talking about your slide. You said that if it changes it to a completely different color, it's permitted by some, but mm -hmm. forbidden by others? Yeah, this is why I'm talking about two camps here. Okay. So... I try to condense it into one slide. Gotcha. So camp one, no smoothing, permitted, 
to not permitted to color different colors. Right. Okay. okay. Camp one stringent. No war paint. Exactly. No nope. So so no you know the way I had this dress up for firm, not okay. My face is not naturally blue. Right. So. <laughs> Turn the roll. So, so but for a while your hair was. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, this is, that's true. <laughs> Did I go to Shabbat with my hair that color? Yeah. yeah. I was, um, by the rabbi's definition, I was bad because my hair was not. Yeah. Well, but did you dye it that way on Shabbat? No, I did not. So you're, you're good. Fine. Okay. But did you bathe any time after? Pu- no. <laughs> that's you actually, question. Um, <laughs> I read, actually, on this topic, I read an article in the New York Post, I believe it was, about ultra-Orthodox women in New York who were putting on, like, heavy-duty makeup before sundown on Friday, so that it would last through Shabbat. Yes, and I, I'm going to talk about that in just a second. Um, so that's Camp One, okay? We're good on Camp One. So no, no smoothing, no painting. No so Camp no One is more stringent. So yes. Like, just don't do any of it. Don't do any of it. Okay. Camp Two. More so, lenient. More lenient. Camp Two, um, they're still on the whole smoothing thing. Not allowed to do it. However, as long as the color that you're adhering to your face does not actually get absorbed by your skin, and they don't view it as dying. So if you're using something that is not oil or cream based on your, on your skin, look it's, how it's how not absorbed into your face, and therefore it's not dying. So you can be blue in the face as long as it's not, you know, being absorbed by your skin. Gotcha. Right, and I have seen, I have heard that there's kosher powder makeup yeah. that's designed yes. for that. Um, so lipstick would be, Along those lines or not? Lipstick, a little bit bright red. Lipstick, lipstick uh, as far as Camp Two is concerned, is okay. However, it violates the, another melacha of smoothing, so you know not okay there. But as far as this melacha in Camp Two is concerned, we're good. We're on those things. But you're not good because you're violating it. I know there are some kosher for Shabbat makeup like businesses or like yes, there are. Yes, there are. There's some. So those are our two camps right now. As far as you know, the, the main things like you know mascara, eyeliner, blush, things like that. Um, and also, I just want to mention before we go to the next slide, we're talking about makeup powder. We'll just get there in a second. But um, there's, I read this interesting article about permanent makeup. There are women in in some um, sects of Judaism who are actually getting you know surgically inserted into their skin, you know eyebrows and eyeliner and stuff like that. It's not permanent. It's semi-permanent, but it, it's it lasts for months, and you know yeah. rabbis don't like that because that's borderline tattooing your skin, mm-hmm. which is also being done. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that's another way to do it. So that's more along the lines of what Josh was talking about a minute ago with applying your makeup Friday and then hoping it lasts until Saturday night. But that's okay because it's, it's still within like a thirty-six hour time frame. It's really not that long. Yes. So you. And you, you can you currently, and actually this is what most Orthodox women do now, is they apply it Friday evening, and they leave it on until Saturday night. That's the current understanding. But that's only the current understanding, because the rabbis can't agree on what is the correct thing as far as um, this is concerned for on Shabbat. They actually can't agree. There is no conclusion as far as, um, you know, as long as you're not smoothing, and as long as it's not being absorbed by your skin, there is no conclusion. On what is right. So, like, like lotion. Uh-huh. That's, I mean, it's not dyeing. It's, it's absorbing the skin. Is that going to fall under smoothing? Yes, it does fall, fall under smoothing, smoothing but I think that um, there's, 
there are some lotions that are okay and there are some that are not. I can't remember the exact definition. I didn't do a class on smoothing, but I looked it up out of curiosity because yeah. it applies to a Anything lot of things. Anything that's clear and doesn't alter your skin. Like color. chapstick. Like chapstick is not covered under dyeing. You're it's good smoothing. Here. Yeah. It's smoothing. It's smoothing. Which, I'm, I'm for, which I'm not covering this no, it doesn't doesn't I'm really liking the lens pull. I like that. Those I do too. Right? Okay. Uh, before we get that. Uh, right. yeah, so I'm just thinking the if, if you were to apply the makeup before Shabbat, like Friday morning, and then the usually, at least my wife, she'll take off her makeup at night, and I'm just thinking about like either the cotton ball or the rag or whatever that is used to take off the makeup. I'm wondering if that's almost considered dyeing as well, because you're changing the color of whatever this thing that you're using to take off the makeup is. So, um, Rabbi said that's okay. Okay. As long as you're using um, something like a cotton ball and you're not overly like dragging it across your face, that would be smoothing. But um, they say removing makeup is, is fine. Okay, gotcha. Punch them up. Hmm. But that would be because you're not intending to dye this because this cotton ball for you. Right. You're just yes. throwing it away. Exactly. It's a, your intention is just for cleaning. Exactly. We're good there. All right, and of course the last bullet, Joseph was mentioning, is some of the rabbis actually decide not to include makeup under dying into 39, simply to prevent strife in their community <laughs> and between couples. The well, wisdom of rabbinic leaders. And this does, amen. Well, this does tie into a lot with, um, with regards to like the appeal of, of the wife to the husband. That's part of it, too. It's not just to avoid arguments over whether or not she can wear makeup. It's to make sure that you know, the harmony between them is maintained. Yes, absolutely. Okay, um, I'm gonna quickly cover makeup powder because it's so special it gets its own slap. Wow. So I kind of went into it with the whole skin absorption thing on the previous slide. Didn't mean that, that's what I did. But I basically covered this slide already. So basically, if you're using makeup that is not absorbed into your skin, you know, camp two and camp one, you're fine. Camp two, you can change the color of your skin. Camp one, you cannot. That's essentially all the slide is saying. I thought I needed a whole slide to say that, but apparently I didn't, so. <laughs> We're good. We're so adept. There it is. Apparently the next class is going to be on smoothing now. Yeah. We, we go to the next one. Okay, so quick overview of practical application for dyeing. Dyeing any material, clothing, metal, wood, etc., prohibited, all camps. Okay, dying food is good. We can dye food to our heart's content. If we accidentally dye our fingers or spill ketchup on our shirt, that's okay. We do not intend to dye anything. We're good there. We haven't transgressed the commandment of dying. Um, like I said, any makeup that involves smoothing is forbidden. There might there probably needs to be an expansion class on smoothing. Yeah, we're definitely gonna need some smoothing action here. That applies to hair gel as well, by the way. Yes. Who is that? So, um, and then finally, um, the issue of makeup powder blush, that is, does not get absorbed to your skin, so not well or cream-based, and can be applied without um, smoothing, is a point of extreme debate. There is no point. What was the literal on the dyeing? Dyeing is only materials, clothing, metal, um, wood, Where stuff like that. Where did the dyeing come from? Fabric, corpus skins. You got to dye in purple and blue and yeah. so on and so forth. So I mean, I get the dyeing as far as the garments and like uh, absolutely 
uh, items go, that definitely seems to fit with the most. But that's got to be one of the things you have to do with building a tabernacle. Yeah. So I get that. And then they're just extracting the fence, kind of like the same thing we did with uh, is is removing hairs. The same thing as cutting hairs. Remember, we had that whole discussion with the with the shearing. Um, that's the same issue here. It's like they're taking the, the extreme definition of what is dying. Dying is changing the color of an object, and they're extrapolating that into your skin. Yeah, and this is an issue that's arose, arisen within the last, you know, whenever it started becoming an issue, because there's next to nothing of, about this and anything before, you know, I don't know, 1800, 1800s. It makes sense. But if I were strict as a male, if I were super strict, should I be worried about going outside and possibly tanning my ears? <laughs> I, I I don't think you have an issue. There. Yeah, I, 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 you have no control over that. <laughs> um, unless, I mean, could that be the Bible that talks about those hats? <laughs> I don't know, but personally, just my understanding, I think you're fine. Just don't, but you can't move can't any lotion. Right. Yes, you cannot go outside <clears throat> and specifically tan. Huh. But if you're walking outside, I'm spraying on tan. <laughs> spraying on the yeah, as long as it doesn't absorb into your skin. Yeah. Spraying on tan is a no go. <laughs> Do it I would spray on tan on Monday, much less on Saturday. So the the sunscreen that's purple until you rub it in is probably no go. Again, smoothing is another issue. Yeah, I think it's the same problem. Dying, smoothing, different problem. Yeah, we're gonna that definitely needs to get covered at some point. Yeah, so then we've identified we need to have a cup of smoothie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, my wife gave me this cream and said, you need to use this every day because it's got sunscreen in it, and it fills in your wrinkles. So now I'm thinking, not, she well, has not on Shabbat. I mean, I can't do that now because well, smoothing, it's going to smooth. There are, like... We're going to have to have a class like on smoothies. I do know, it has, yeah, there is. there are some oil, like if it's a really thin oil, that's okay. It has to do with how thick it is. We have to have a class. So it's smooth. It's somebody needs to be smooth. So that's Oil my class. Five um, I thought it would be cool since my talent had to do with rhyming. I wrote a rhyme. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Hey, thought much. Do it in rap. All right. I can't rap. But uh, be uh, so thank you for hearing me tonight. I hope uh, hopefully we have had, all had our knowledge raised to a new height. I'm to work and be a better man with you guys as we each work towards becoming wise. So let us conclude and drink some wine. I'm told the bench in here is particularly good. I don't want the host on wine, you're always safe. <laughs> yeah, that is good. That's that true. Is good. Stand by. Another 47 block. That's right. That's not what we want. Hang on here. Where Come on. Come on. Save me. I could just read it here. That's true, you can. Will this help? Yeah. Uh, yes. When the rabbis and the king take leave each other at the study hall of uh, Joseph, they would say to one another, May you taste the sweetness of the world to come in this life. May you see your children's children come to faith. May your end be with the life of the world to come, and your deeds affect the hope of many generations. May your heart ponder and achieve understanding of the Torah, and may your mouth speak wisdom to everyone you meet. And may your tongue bring forth song, and you praise the Holy One, bless you too. Bless you too. May you have the self-control of the before you. May your eyes be enlightened by the light of Torah, and may your face shine like the brightness of the sky. May your lips utter knowledge, and your heart rejoice in righteousness. 
and your feet run to hear the words of the ancient days. Amen. Amen. Well done, man.